Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Police responded to a 911 call. Dramatic video of gun insanity in the Bronx. Police releasing a new video of a person that they are still trying to track down. Defund the police is not the answer. Many people surveyed said they just don't feel safe in the city. It's a shooting outside of a store. This is Bo Deedles. True crime. Police this morning are searching for the person who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene. A Red Apple Media Podcast Network production. Now, here's Bo Deedle. Welcome to Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. Well, today I have a very special guest, and I don't say this lightly. He's a personal friend of mine for a long, long time. I love him, and he probably was one of the greatest police commissioners we've had in New York City. Why I love him is um, he has the same education as Bo Deedle did. Uh, we uh, weren't too much of college, but basically uh, I think Bernie has a doctorate of the streets the same as myself, and he also was a commissioner of corrections besides being the New York City police commissioner, and he was one of the best commissioners we had, and he got us through 9-11, and people know his face from being there when the towers came down, and he made people feel comfortable and safe after we were attacked on that crazy day of uh, September 11th. Uh, welcome to the show, Bernie. Thanks, Bo. Thank you. And uh, basically, you know what we could do is we could start with a little situation. First of all, I had this guy on. I never spoke to him before, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Mr. Grasso, Judge Grasso on. I had him uh, about two weeks on ago. And what an enlightened guy, not just from the law enforcement side to the side of the uh, incarceration and his ideas and all that. I tell you the honest truth, no disrespect to you. If I could become mayor tomorrow, I would think about George Grasso as being the police commissioner. He's a pretty uh, astute guy. What's your feelings with well, him, uh, Bernie? Uh, listen, a lot of people don't know this. George worked for me when I was the police commissioner. George was my counsel, was the uh, general counsel for the NYPD um, on, under my command. He's a super, super smart, educated, uh, streetwise guy. Um, understands uh, the system, um, understands the police department. Um, you know, he'd be a great pick uh, for a police commissioner. Um, you know, if the mayor, if this mayor had the, the courage to do something like that. Um, you know, he ran for DA out in Queens. Um, it's unfortunate that people, you know, they, they still cower to the left. Um, and he, But he ran as a Democrat. He, this guy's a Democrat. And I would support him, and I would I would back him any day of the week, because he's just he's a stand up guy. It's all about right or wrong, good or bad, law and order. That's it. 
And, you know, part of the thing, Bernie, that really was very interesting. And he would say, you know, he was on the advocate's side there, and he was doing a lot of the disciplinary stuff on the job with us. And he was talking about, uh, you know, some of these cops robbing, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, misfortune people and robbing them and selling drugs. And he would go after them hard. And then he would say, like a cop, like, uh, oh, <clears throat> I've been known to have 40 civilian complaints. Never founded one. But a guy who was out there trying to do the job job and gets in a little bit of a trouble, he would use that consideration when he made a judgment against it. And I think that it's just one of the, you know, it's just, it's so beautiful to hear someone talk like that because you know yourself and you were out there, Bernie, the same as I. And when we were trying to do the job, I mean, you know, if someone's to micromanage what we did, oh, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that. But you were out there trying to protect the people and trying to do the right thing. And he weighed, and he, the way he explained it to me, he used to weigh it out in the trial room and all that, that was a really refreshing to hear someone talk like that. So he wasn't just the iron hand that would just prosecute cops unless they really deserve to be taken down. And I, I like that. And talk about, you know, what's going on with the state legislature, with the uh, assembly and the state Senate, with this bail reform. And it all, it all translates back to the bail reform and what's happening in our city, our state, and across the country right now. So basically, George was... Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You know what, Bo? He, when he was... Uh, when he worked for me, um, you know, he oversaw the attorneys in the trial room and he would come to me and he'd say, look, commission, these, uh, the command recommended this on this cop. He said, I went through his background. I went through his history. Um, yeah, he made a mistake, but he's, he's clearly not a bad guy, should not be crucified for what he did. He should be punished. But, uh, I, I think the recommended punishment is a little too much. Um, and he would, you know, he would request that, uh, you know, I downsize it. Then other cases, he'd come to me and say, hey, this is all garbage. You know, this is a really bad guy, and this guy should get hammered or fired or whatever the case may be. And I would say most of the time I took his recommendation because he was, you know, he'd be on top of it. He'd look at the guy's background, and he was a common sense kind of administrator, which mm. I, I really liked. So. I uh, I think he's a great guy. I think he should continue not only doing what he's doing, but I think he should uh, jump into the political race in New York. Well, he's see where it takes him. Well, he's got my endorsement. And again, too much uh, too much uh, directions. Democrat, Republican. I mean, people have to start to realize they have to vote for the person. What's going to be beneficial to you, safety-wise, with your family and everything? And I don't think there's any better. And uh, you know, as far as what he's running for DA on the independent line, and uh, he has my full support. And financially, I'm going to uh, drop some fazools on him, and I'm going to try to help him any way I can. Because in reality, if it comes down to the factual. Uh, part of who would be the best DA in Queens County. It's hands down. I mean, it's George Grasso, but the only problem's going to be, like you said, it's these uh, liberal, Democrat, left-wing progressives that would hate someone with common sense to come in there. But it all comes back to one guy. Who picked him? You yeah. pick. You picked him, Bernie. So that is only a very, very good uh, uh, check in your box for picking someone like this to head up one of the most important parts of the PD. And speaking about that, I like your uh, uh, your opinion of what's been going on in the police department. I was with uh, Keisha on there at a cocktail party for the NYPD uh, 
foundation there before she left. And and now all of a sudden, Eddie Coban, who I happen to like very much. And I, I like your feeling what's going on with the bouncing around and all this with the police commission and really what power is out there. And I really I respect your opinion, Bernie, and you know I do. And uh, from the beginning, you're my friend first, and then uh, you were commissioner second as far as I was concerned. But I'd like your feeling on this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look, you know what? I didn't know Kishan uh, before she took the job. I've only met her in passing one time at a funeral. Um, but I have to tell you, Bo, the people I talked to in Nassau, and every single person that I talked to in the NYPD that knew her, that worked for her, worked around her, they had glowing remarks. So I don't know what the problem was with the mayor. And I heard, you know, I heard what was reported. You know, she was micromanaged. She wasn't allowed to do her job. She wasn't allowed to make her own decisions. You know what? Uh, you know, go back to the Giuliani days when he put me in charge of Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. If he didn't let me do my job, if he came in and micromanaged or had somebody overseeing me and telling me every move to make, I, I can promise you the changes at Rikers, the 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 93 percent reduction in violence, the 60 percent reduction in, you know, staff beatdowns and all this stuff, it would have never changed, never changed. If you put somebody in a position like that, you've got to give them the resources, give them the manpower to do the job. If they don't do the job, then get rid of them. Mm. But if you put them in that position and you're going to oversee them and micromanage them and and torment them on a daily basis, which evidently is what was happening, all right, then, then don't even put them in a position in the first place. Just get the micromanager put them in there. So yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sad that she left, um, that it worked out the way it did. Yeah. I don't know Eddie Caban. Uh, I don't know the new first step. Keep in mind, you know, I've been gone 23 years. These, that he was probably a sergeant, uh, when I was, uh, when I was PC. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know him. 
I've heard some good things. I've heard some bad things. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really care, you know, about that stuff. I, I try to watch what the guy does. Uh, hopefully the mayor will allow him to do the job that's needed to be done. I would really like to see the mayor put more cops in the police department. Now, keep this in mind, Bo. When I left in 2001, my command was 55,000, 41,000 wow. uniformed. 14,000 civilians. They have now, I understand, they have about 36, 35, 36,000 uniform, and I don't know what the civilian number is. How is it? I think it's down to 32, excuse me. I think it's down to 32,000 cops now. They're losing like so many every year. They're just quitting and retiring, and that's it. And now they've lowered the standards, and they're trying to you know, put them in. And now with the advent, listen to this one, Bernie. You'll love this. And they're about to sign the bill. Senator, uh, not Senator, Governor Hochul, Snaggletooth, is going to sign the bill that's been pushed through Senate and through the Assembly where they're going to wipe out any convictions for misdemeanor and felonies after seven years. And if you go into their background and you expose this, you'll be committing a felony. So that means we're going to have cops on this force that are convicted felons, and it's not going to mean anything. They're lowering the standard. I think it's down to about 32,000. Now, what was your uniform count? My uniform count was 41. But here's the thing. We've had an increase in population in New York City by about a million people since I left. How is it you have a far greater capacity in population, and yet the numbers in the NYPD have been reduced substantially? That shouldn't be allowed. The mayor should be all over that. Every day. That's number one. That's number one. Number two, you know, the mayor, I, I know the governor sort of, kind of, um, you know, over you know, oversees the state and is supposed to have more power than the mayor of New York City. But that, that's I, I would I would uh, refute that. I'd say the mayor has an enormous amount of power and he should be using that power. The power he has, the, the legislative power, the, the political power, um, the resources of the city um, go after the governor and make her change this bail reform stuff, which is annihilating Absolutely. the streets of the city, Absolutely. the communities, embarrassing the cops, emboldening the bad guys. The governor should be all over this bail reform, get it eliminated or repealed. Um, it, it's just like this this thing she's going to sign now. This it just it's it's anti common sense. It, it it's, makes it's absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. But like this. now just to go right off real back real fast, and I'm going to flip right back. But one of the things that with Keyshawn was, if you remember, she came in under fire. We had two cops killed, and she was just sworn in. And I think you had something like eight cops shot right after that. So she came in under fire, and she did a great job. And I was at both funerals at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I just I had to give her some more compliments. And then we can flip. I'm going to flip right back to what we're talking about. You know, part of my thing was, and I've been involved with this. I've been supportive of uh, Mayor Eric Adams, and I'm still supportive of Eric Adams. I'm just praying that he realizes the power 
like you just said, of being the mayor of the greatest city in the world, of New York City, I think it's much more powerful than the governor. And he should be every day. He should one. He shouldn't be talking about Washington. He should be talking about the president of the United States, the president of Homeland Security, about this influx of people we have no clue who are coming through our borders. Now we have 100,000 in New York City, and our budget is being decimated. I think it's uh, by 2026, I believe, they're talking about a deficit in this New York state of over almost $40 billion at this current rate that we're going at. And now, like you just said, we're, we're decreasing the police capacity. I think, was it $5.8 billion, the, the budget of the police department, something like that. They want to they want to cut the budget. How do you cut the budget when we don't even have enough of manpower and they, they're requiring them to work constant overtime and then they're telling them when you work, you can't do things. It's so horrible. Horrible. Oh, listen. Listen, we learned back in the 90s going into Giuliani's time. Yeah. Nobody wants to work, live, visit, or go to school in a place where they're not safe. Nobody. And if you don't do something about public safety, the rest of the city diminishes. We learned that. We know it by heart, mm-hmm. right? For every percentage point, Rudy Giuliani reduced violent crime and murder. And then. It continued on through Bloomberg and and Mike Kelly. Mm -hmm. For every percentage point, we reduced violent crime and murder. I could show you increases in real estate values, economic development, tourism, all the things that makes the city flourish. But you can't get none of that as long as the streets aren't safe. And what Eric Adams doesn't understand about that, I just don't know. You know, when he got elected— The day or two after he got elected, maybe even that night, I sent him a text. I said, you have the opportunity to become an international icon. All you have to do is flip what de Blasio diminished and destroyed, flip it, turn it around, and you know how to do it. Eric Adams worked for me. He knows how to do it. He lived through the Giuliani in, in the in the uh, Bloomberg time. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what has to be done. And, and, He's and, cowering to the left. He just refuses to do it. He wants to play that, you know, play that Democrat. No, he wants to play you know, that. He's everything to everybody, but he's nothing. He's not following through. And I don't know if you've seen the latest with the quality of life. You know, these fair beaters, something like 50, 50 percent have active warrants. Also, the new, they lowered the age now. Uh, you Now it's 18 years of age they're only prosecuted. The worst out there are the 16 to 17-year-olds now that can't be prosecuted anymore. Now all of a sudden they're the shooters, they're the murderers, and they're getting away with it. And if you don't stop this gang violence, and now when the cops go around in unmarked vans, and all, they laugh at them, they torment them, they torment the police. You cannot have this if you're going to have law and order. And I don't know what part of this, my friend, and I still support him because— I'm praying. And I grabbed him on the top of a penthouse building in my friend's apartment one day when he uh, we went out to dinner. And I'm, I said, look at this city. I said, if you were to straighten this city, what you just said, you would be an icon. And I'm not saying this lightly. If he cleaned up New York City, it could be a reverberation across this country. And part of my thing was with him is I don't want He said, oh, well, Bo, you want to come back I said, on the force or deputy mayors or whatever? I said, no, no, no. I'll stay as a businessman. You want 
want to make me a consultant to you. All I want is one issue, and I stand by it. I stand by convicted felons being arrested with guns. Federally prosecute them, which the federal law is on the books. You'll see the murders and shootings diminish. we got to put them in jail. You just can't use the current state penal system for releasing these people who are killing people and shooting people, carrying illegal guns. And that's one of the things. If he did it in New York City, it would vibrate across the country. But then we got a problem. we got this attorney general schmuck, this piece of garbage. I could curse on my pockets. He's a complete fool idiot. And he's the one that's controlling the United States attorneys across this country, what to prosecute and what not to prosecute. And the guns are my biggest thing. We had 21,000 dead last year in 2022, not by active shooters and AR-15s. I'm talking about illegal guns. Uh, Mostly 90% are black on black crime across this country. And this to me Let's stop the shootings in our. Let's start putting them into jail, and you'll see it go away. No, Bernie. Yeah, listen. Uh, you know, the the problem, uh, Bo, is they don't want to hear it. You know, it's difficult. They can't debate somebody like me because I've done it. Mm-hmm. I did it. Don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell. Me, listen. Think of New York City today. Everybody's complaining about the crime and then the, the, you know, illegals and all that stuff. Think of this. In 1994, when Giuliani took over, crime was five times worse than it is today. Worse than it was today. And people said it couldn't change. It's too big. It's too corrupt. It's too dirty. It's too crime ridden. It just never, it's never going to work. Giuliani came in and said, here's what we're doing. I'm taking all the social money I can take. I'm pulling it all back and I'm putting it into the police, correction and the courts. That's where that money's going. And I'm telling you, over this eight year period, Giuliani was in office. You had a 65 percent reduction in violence. You had a 70 percent reduction in murder. And those numbers continued to drop because Bloomberg carried on the same policies. So don't tell me you can't do it because it was five times worse. And we did. The problem is they're just cowering to the left. This whole illegal thing. Eric Adams shouldn't be standing at any microphone, you know, yelling about, you know, the the illegals and it's too much and it's too this and it's too that. He should be in Washington. Absolutely. On the steps of the White House screaming at Joe Biden. Yes. Joe Biden's administration and and calling for the impeachment of Mayorkas, Mm -hmm. the the secretary of Homeland Security. He did this. They did this. They did it. They caused it. And they didn't only cause it in New York City. They've caused it in cities all across this country. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame what they've done. For political reasons. And it's not, you know what, Bernie, and it's not, and it's not this word perception, bull crap. And you know how they fool around with these numbers. They downgrade robberies to larcenies, pettit larcenies. And all these statistics are bullshit. And that's exactly what it is. And I know what they do with these statistics. My problem is it isn't perception. I had a young real estate gal call me up. She lived in Brooklyn. She got a head beat in sitting on a park bench yesterday and she beat that living crap. That's not perception. My two sons travel on the trains. My daughters, my grandson is in Manhattan. I'm 
scared shit about what's going on in the streets. And when you tell me perception, that's bullcrap. That's not perception yeah. with these nuts. And look what look what you guys did. Look what you guys did even with the homeless situation, the mentally ill. And then all of a sudden that just, I mean, mentally ill people have to be dealt with. You just can't leave them out there. You're not helping them by leaving them out there. There has to be command decision. And it cannot be just go with the punches and, and, and rhetoric. We got to get things done. And it's, it's terrible. Hey, Joe, hey, 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 Bo, listen, and, and this is, this is, you know, I, I, this is the thing that I, I think people don't understand. When Giuliani was the mayor, he was the mayor of the city of New York, the mayor. That's an enormous amount of power. Mm-hmm. You know, he would call me at 1230 at night. I, I'd just be getting home or just getting into bed. He'd call me and say, hey, listen, I was on the way home right now from an event. I'm on the way to the Gracie Mansion. And I saw these two homeless guys under a bridge down on 96th Street by the East Side Drive. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He said, well, get them out of there. <laughs> I want them in a clinic. I want them in a shelter. I want them in a hospital. Or if they're not going to move and they're not mentally ill, get them off the streets, lock them up. The, the two guys. Two guys, but 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 he how many cars? His mind. But how many cars passed those two guys? And here we go. This is what they saw, and this is what they bring home about these two guys, these homeless guys underneath the FDR drive. And I I get that. You know, uh, Bernie, we could talk for hours and all that, but I'd like to just jump around a little bit. Uh, again, and only what you want to speak about, what, what's going on right now. I know that uh, Rudy and you are under some kind of a ham and air. I still don't understand it because I don't think you guys did anything wrong with anything. And what kind of hammer are you looking at now? No, listen, I was, uh, you know, it's there's nothing more annoying than waking up in the morning and getting like uh, 62 Google alerts on your name because the these the, the media entities out there mm-hmm. they basically put out a story yesterday the day before Carrick is now cooperating with the special counsel <laughs> which which gives the inference and some of these reporters say this you know he's now cooperating he's flipping on the trump he's flipping on giuliani <laughs> Well, wait, wait, hold on, Giuliani. Wasn't Giuliani flipping at one time the news media said or something? Right, right. It's all a crock of shit. It's it's a complete (laughs) lie. So I'm going to tell you what they're talking about, what they've distorted, okay? Uh, Probably about six months ago, I got subpoenaed by the special counsel for all the documents relating to the investigation that was being done by the legal team in the aftermath of the election. I ran the investigative side for the legal team. So I gave them all the documents. And these documents, in our opinion at the time, revealed overwhelming evidence of alleged uh, voter fraud, election fraud, and improprieties, right? Yes. When somebody dumps five or 600,000 ballots into Pennsylvania between one and five in the morning, that's a pretty substantial impropriety. And yes. somebody may want to look at it, right? And hold on, so, hold on. I've never seen a presidential election, I'm 72 years old, where they stop counting at midnight. <laughs> that never happened before. No, exactly. And then the truck no, shows I, up with as, for, with more ballots. No one has a clue, but go ahead. So so we gave them, I gave them all those documents, right? 
the documents that I did not give them, and I don't know the numbers, hundreds, uh, somebody said it's a couple thousand. I don't even know because the legal team determined which was privileged and not. There were privileged documents under presidential executive privilege, mm-hmm. and there were attorney-client privilege documents right. that we did not give the special counsel. Recently, we went to President Trump and said, listen, we believe, and I, I believe this from the beginning. I said this from the beginning. If you want the American people to know about the fraud that we were looking at at the time, because everybody says you can't talk about it, it was it's misinformation, it's a lie, it's the big lie, it's all that stuff. If you want them to know, stop concealing it. So the president waived executive privilege, and he waived attorney-client privilege. He is the privilege holder. Yeah, he waived his privilege to give me the permission I needed to release to have the attorneys Timothy Parlator release that stuff to the special counsel. So we just did that. We released all that stuff, and I, I volunteered to talk to them because I want to explain. What, we what it doing, is, yeah. Why we were doing it, how we were doing well, it. Well, you were, you were the head of the investigation, so you were the one that was discovering all this uh, malfeasance, so that would come part and right? you, you, you have people, you had, we had 10 attorneys, or, or maybe more, but probably 10 or 15 attorneys. There was in Pennsylvania at the time of the voting, at the, at the voter polls, who basically were corralled. They were supposed to be watching the ballot intake um, they were corralled. They weren't allowed to see the ballots. They weren't allowed to see. They weren't allowed to open them. They weren't allowed to be near the tables. They weren't. That's illegal. That's a federal crime. Yes. Okay. Well, we have we have affidavits from more than a dozen of them that that was the case. We have photos. They gave us photos and videos. All right. I think the special counsels should see that stuff. Whatever's in those files, whatever I have, he should see. We gave them everything. We just dumped that stuff to them. We released it. So right away, what happens? Carrick's now cooperating. No, I'm not. I've been cooperating <laughs> since last year. Number one, Carrick's flipping. That's bullshit. That's a lie. There's nothing to flip on. Um, Carrick's going after Trump. No, I'm not. I think the election was rigged, and I think he won the election. That's my fault. Your opinion from what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. You should have the right to have an opinion, Bernie. And, you know, I I get exactly what you're saying. And you want to know something? If you were willing to testify before the special, whatever the hell it is, with your evidence that you uncovered and you tell the truth, that's all you're asking to do. Yeah. But here, hey, Bo, it's better than that, though. It's better than that. And here's why. When the January 6th committee subpoenaed me. Yeah. I asked President Trump for a waiver for those documents. He gave me a waiver. This is a year and a half ago. President Trump gave me a waiver and he put out a statement. I will waive all privilege to allow Carrick to testify as long as the January 6th committee allows him to testify publicly. And you know what, Bo? Right after 9 a.m. on the morning of that statement, the attorneys for J6 called my attorney and said, absolutely not. He cannot testify publicly. No, they didn't want if to you see. Had nothing to hide. Right. Why didn't you let me testify publicly? If you really wanted to see 
what was in those documents, those privileged documents? Why didn't you allow me to go public and and sit in front of the American people? Because they didn't want the American public to see Bernard Carrick testify to the truth and to the facts about the improprieties that you saw. And that's why they didn't want it. It's disgusting, man. Even this friggin'. Yeah, even this friggin'. I I just want to I want to cover one last thing. Yes. Because they continued down this misinformation thing, right? There's no misinformation. Giuliani was not trying, trying, or I, or the legal team was not trying to overthrow the election. We were conducting an investigation of allegations of illegal voting, election fraud, and improprieties. That was our job. Now, keep this in mind. The legal team that we had was about, in total, no more than 10, right? We didn't have subpoena power, and we only had six weeks. So when I was before the J6 committee, they were adamant. They were all over me. They were pounding me about, well, this wasn't conclusive. You can't say it was election fraud because it wasn't conclusive. Mm. No, you jackass. I can't say it was election fraud conclusively. We didn't have the time. Here's what, what I can say. There was enough evidence. There was overwhelming evidence for the state of Georgia to conduct a thorough investigation. There was enough evidence for Arizona, for Michigan, for Pennsylvania, and for Georgia, for the FBI or DOJ to come in and oversee an investigation. Bill Barr says there was no election fraud, right? He said that. He has said that publicly. Well, he didn't even investigate. Has he just shoot from the hip like that? That's exactly right. He didn't investigate, and I know he didn't investigate, because Giuliani had the legal files. They wouldn't hear from Giuliani. They wouldn't look at what we had. He never sent anybody to Giuliani to get the legal files. So don't tell me that there was no election fraud. You know, DOJ, you don't know, because you never investigated. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What I saw, the affidavits that we had, The things that we were told, I strongly believed then, I believe now, and President Trump has the right to believe that the election was was extremely tainted. Absolutely. And, you know, I didn't look at the evidence, but from my eyes saw, I'm a detective, and when all of a sudden these improprieties start popping up, the way they popped up, and you don't want to know something, Bernie, like, I was the victim with the New York Post. They ran an article because Lachlan Murdoch don't like me because I was Roger Ailes' friend. And they actually wrote a headline article, Bo Deedle's partner, Chinese spy. I'm suing them now for liable and slander. And everyone's saying, Bo, leave it alone. I says, people cannot just do this. There's nothing there. There's no shape or form, but I'm not going to sit back. I'm like you, Bernie. We're fighters. and We're not going to sit back. And you want to know something? They can threaten you with anything. But where is our judicial system and our attorney general with this Biden and his son? I mean, they have stuff that is so... And you're a detective and I'm a detective. It's hands down. Hands down the crimes that were committed... Nobody wants to know him because it's all about Donald Trump. It's all about Bernie Carrick and Rudy Giuliani not knowing what the hell you're talking about. But it's okay for the Bidens and company, and that's it. But we're going to wind down. We're, uh, we're a little bit over our time. but It's a crazy time. Bernie, let me tell you something, Uh, Mr. Commissioner, 
I thank you so much. And when you come to New York, give me a little heads up. We'll have a little dinner. Maybe we'll get you up to Rayos. But, hey, Bernie, keep fighting. If I could help you in any way, please call me. And and I really want to thank you. You really was an excellent, excellent interview. And if you don't mind, I'd like to put excerpts of this out there and we, we're going to post it out there and let your side of this be known because all it's about is that this this liberal news media will just throw out everything and anything against you, Rudy, and Trump, and that's all we're doing. And they're going to indict him. And you know, you know what scares me, real to end this, you know what really scares me, Bernie? These juries in Washington, D.C., on this uh, January on this January uh, thing that occurred, I get scared because they're the same as the juries in New York. I'm afraid that they might convict Donald Trump on this because we're dealing it's, with moron it's, juries. It's, it's, yeah, you know what? I'm afraid of more, Bo. What? I'm afraid of a government, a government that basically targets people for political reasons. A, a government. This is a government that targets people for political reasons and tries to deprive them of their God-given right to freedom and liberty knowing that it's wrong. And you have the president, you had the president of the United States, this full Biden come out and say, we're going to investigate the guy who took over Twitter, uh, Elon Musk. I don't know if he did anything wrong, but it certainly looks like we got to investigate, investigate him. That's what you do. There's nothing there. And you're now publicly saying you don't like the guy. So you're going to investigate him. That's exactly what you just said. This is America. And if we don't stop it now, it's over for us. And, Bernie, I love you very much, and let's get together in New York. Let's have dinner, and thank you, and God bless you. And anything I can do for you, uh, you give me a call. Thanks so much for coming on. What a great, great interview. Bernard Kerrick. All right, Bo, keep up the great work. All right, love you, and have a great day. Thank you, Bernie. All right, bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.